Welcome to episode 25 of Storm the Norm, the fortnightly podcast where we pick up norms that come in the way of businesses succeeding in a disruptive world. I am Narayan. And I'm Anisha Motwani. Storm the Norm is brought to you in association with Grant Thornton Bharat and includes GT Insights, a special capsule from a GT expert. On to today's episode now. Anisha, there's a bit of irony in what I'm about to say, so humor me, okay? Okay, Narayan. Permission granted. Thank you. So here's the thing. Before video was a thing, before even the written word was a thing, mm-hmm. we have evolved for millennia as oral cultures. Forget the human species. Audio is how pretty much all species of animals communicate, you know, whether at frequencies that the human ear can detect unaided or not. Whales use it, so do bats. Mm-hmm. Birds use it, so do bees. And audible sound by itself is the standard by which we've even measured speed. Supersonic means faster than the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. And oh, here's the ironical bit. It's not lost on me that what we're doing here is using audio for our podcast. And yet... I knew there was a yet coming, Narayan. <laughs> And, and I don't want to disappoint you. So, <laughs> and, yet, and yet, Anisha, when you look at it from a business point of view, and myopic as that may sound, but hey, we are a business podcast. When you look at it from a business point of view, I can't help think audio has always been and continues to be a poor cousin to video. And I dare say, even to the written word. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've heard of movies ours and newspapers ours, but have you ever heard of a radio czar? True. I don't think Prashant should be hearing this. I am assuming <laughs> he's the radio czar for India. <laughs> but look, think about it. Have you heard of an equivalent of Reed Hastings or Netflix for audio? Hmm. Like even the world's richest man, Jeff Bezos, put his bets on video with Amazon Prime and publishing the written word. True. And for all the hype that the iPod got when Steve Jobs first introduced it, it's seen as a bit of a quaint anachronism now. And Apple is known more for its phone and computing devices. And I haven't even seen a single audio unicorn anywhere in the world. You're right, Narayan. We are actually living in a visually saturated world with 10,000 ads popping at us daily and more than 8,000 videos being uploaded to YouTube every minute. And not to forget the, the innumerable OTT channels, you know, that uh, the content that we consume there. We know that a picture is worth a thousand words and that video content is king. And yet it's the audio formats where real innovation has happened. Exactly, Anisha. And besides the innovative formats, there are other psychological reasons that make the radio such an enduring medium for the future. And it always has been. We know that listening to audio doesn't require full attention, like visual forms of media. It's a more passive form of viewing the video. Audio is designed to be listened to on the go, whether driving, running, doing dishes, making it the perfect medium for the culture that's obsessed with multitasking. Hmm. And audio also helps you use your imagination in many ways and creates a social experience. When you're hearing a story, when you're hearing a voice, having access to the tones and nuances as you listen to it, you start visualizing what is being said taking you in a world of your own creation. So that helps you use your imagination in in different ways. Whereas in video, you are just passive viewer. Yeah. And then there are the definitive trends too. The shift of audio consumption from radio to mobile streaming has accelerated the listening time of audio by a whopping 70% in the last five years, according to the latest share of year report from Edison in the US. And podcasts, 
a hot trend, but it's already getting replaced by voice control games and 8D music. The rise of smart speakers, connected cars, and hearable devices are other key drivers of audio consumption. Asking voice assistants to play music is consistently ranked among the top requests that smart speaker users make. And voice-based conversational interfaces, they will play a big role in the future of audio content discovery and listener behavior. I mean, I can tell you uh, with experience, since the time I got an Alexa at home, I feel that there is more conversation happening with Alexa, <laughs> you know, than with the person in the room. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so true. And yet, despite the popularity and the format innovations, one area where audio has always lagged is the ability to monetize at scale. The audience reach of this medium has far outpaced its monetization. And that's why I guess you don't see a radio czar. Yeah. So, yeah, hammer, meet me <laughs> on the head. <laughs> I, I know we've been using a lot of and yets today, Nisha, but this is the one that most intrigues me. Why is it that a medium that is so culturally ingrained that fosters such tremendous innovation in content and technology that allows for sensorial engagement as well as distraction that goes beyond problems of literacy and education? Why is such a fantastic medium still a poor cousin to video? even in the digital and post-digital age? All great questions, Narayan, as always. And I think this is a good time to bring in our expert for the day, Prashant Pandey, CEO of Radio Mirchi. Prashant isn't just a seasoned professional in the radio business, but is perhaps best positioned to storming today's norm about audio being a poor cousin to video. Prashant, it's a pleasure to have you here on this episode of Storm the Norm. Thank you. The norm that we want to storm with you today, Prashant, is audio has always been a poor cousin of video, whether in the analog age or in the digital age. What's your take on the norm? Well, obviously, as you would guess, I completely disagree with that. <laughs> and uh, the reason I disagree with uh, is not some parochial reason which says that, you know, because we do so much work on the audio side, we have to defend it. But simply because uh, you, I think most people make this mistake that they kind of compare two things on possibly a wrong variable. Mm-hmm. Like when you say that it's a poorer cousin or whatever, what you basically mean is that, hey, audio products make lesser revenues compared to video products. Now, that's that's an obvious, it's, it's a given. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's a non-starter if that was the case. So, uh, look at the, uh, the way I would like to frame mm-hmm. this uh, 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 comparison really is in terms of the amount of time you spend with a particular medium. And if you were to look at it in that way, then somehow the data indicates in India that, you know, I think most people spend maybe, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes on uh, reading the newspaper or, and of course, then when they uh, hit office or, you know, when they, uh, in the rest of the day, they may be possibly spending another half an hour or an hour reading various kinds of documents in their life. Let's put it like that, that they spend about an hour on uh, the textile format overall. Uh, if you, if it comes to video, we know for a fact that the television viewership is approximately, I think, three hours a day. Now, here's another way to look at it. Mm-hmm. That uh, while video is, of course, the big daddy in terms of the uh, revenue pie, remember that the, the video is also split, I think, like into a thousand uh, fragments because there are just like so many different operators and players in that space, mm-hmm. right? So from an individual company's point of view, if you look at it from a business point of view, you know, uh, the biggest video company in this country, let's take it to be Star TV or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, must be about 7,000, 8,000 crore rupees. The biggest print company, assuming it is Times of India, must be, I don't know, about seven, 8,000 crore rupees. 
and the biggest radio company which is mirchi would be about 600 crore rupees right so it's maybe a tenth it's not like it is a hundredth of the radio company or whatever so what happens is that while the audio revenue piece is limited it's uh, divided amongst fewer number of players so i don't agree with this basic norm that you set out that you know the audio medium is a poorer casino of anybody at all it's not at all true. oh that's an interesting take about the time the share of ear that radio as a medium gets of listeners okay let's move to your medium you know you've been part of the radio world for such a long time why has radio not been the one leading the change on storming this norm what has caused yeah. it to be late to take to digital audio innovations no actually you know here's the thing i wanted to clarify again that uh, it depends on how you look at it you know so if you, when you talk about digital and you know we are often uh, trying to think about digital as being you know like some different animal entirely but what is digital actually it is nothing but a, a distribution platform it's it's one of the ways of getting to what you want right so um, uh, what uh, we have been doing and I, and i do agree that uh, generally radio players have been slow uh to kind of transform we use the word transform in my company but it's pretty much storm the norm as it as you call it mm-hmm. uh you know while radio companies in general have been slow but you know in in particular mirchi has been uh, uh very very uh let's say uh, proactive we could have done better of course but we've yeah. been uh, very proactive in terms of you know uh, doing a lot more than just radio but here is the difference between what uh, we chose for ourselves and uh, the way you are kind of framing this uh, Uh, this discussion so mm-hmm. let me elaborate on that so uh, almost 10 years ago uh, i actually even more even earlier maybe about tw- uh, 12 13 years ago what we realized is that you know as a bunch of people who work in this company we we could do so much more than just do you know audio creatives right we were we were doing mm-hmm. radio shows we were creating funnies on the radio we were creating uh, information capsules on the radio we were doing a lot of stuff mm-hmm. on, on the radio and mm-hmm. you know using music as a template wherever required mm-hmm. but you know we just realized there as a bunch of people there was so much more we could do hmm. that's one thing hmm. the second thing we also realized is that the brand mirchi you know actually started standing for something beyond radio or just beyond music i will endorse that you <laughs> you part of the book storm the norm and that was I, one of the reasons we selected mirchi to be part of that lot of right stories. precisely <laughs> and you know when we did the research we found that basically mirchi started becoming known as a kind of a lifestyle brand it became a representative of uh, the youth it became a representative of the slightly irreverent attitude towards uh, you know taboo subjects and all of those kind of things so we realized that we had a brand which could actually go way beyond radio or audio right yeah. and what we chose to do 10 12 years ago is to actually diversify out of audio audio and do a lot of other stuff you know which um, we could do in a in a very good way given our brand and our and, and the kind of people we had so we started creating ips on ground and uh, so the mirchi music award for instance was created yeah, 13 yeah. years ago yeah. right and then we create went on to create uh, uh, two or three uh, uh, well we created something called the mirchi cover star we created the mirchi top 20 these are all music related yeah. but you know really on ground Uh, IPs. Then we took some of these IPs to television. So the name, mm-hmm. the ones that I just named, have all migrated to television. So we created the uh, IPs on television. Then we all, look at the revenue side of what we did. So yeah. I said, you know, listen, why make revenues only from the radio advertising? Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. that's one piece, but there is so much more you can do. So we of course made revenues from all these IPs and AMU. But we also changed the entire way in which we approach the. a uh, media interface with clients mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. we started what we started doing is we and think about it you've been a marketer all your life you know it right i mean as a marketer yeah. 
you you get no joy in buying media yeah. I mean, your job is not to buy media yeah. your job is to get solutions right you want to get answers to your problem every sure. every client has got so many problems sure. and the problems are all unique you have a different problem in tamil nadu a different problem in in delhi and you know i mean but look at how it is you know most uh, marketing guys are so lazy they just love to buy television and you know everything is over and done uh, or, or you know they just buy like and you know marketing agency uh, advertising agencies have become so sloppy over the years and everything has become like a very cookie cutter kind of a yeah, thing right yeah, it is yeah, yeah. i don't relate to that yes yeah. so you know what we said is that listen let's go and talk to our clients and listen to them what are the problems that they're saying sure. right sure. and then can we design an answer to that problem and that answer may or may not have radio in it. radio in it and And you know, then as things evolved over the last ten years, we realized that we can't be doing generic solutions, right? But we came to a nice uh, turf, a nice place where we saw a lot of inherent strengths in our offering to clients. And what was this this turf? This turf is what we call hyper local solutions, hmm. right? So I'll, I'll give an example. Suppose we have a client in Rajkot, hmm. right? Now to the Rajkot client today, we not only give radio. but we also give we have the capability to give an on ground activation idea in that town we have the wherewithal to do it we have got uh, local influencers on our roles mm. and who are off our roles but who work with us we've got all the local social media assets available to tap we we have done tie ups with local newspapers that we can mm. uh, uh, we can release uh, material in mm. we can do local pr you know so there is so much that we can do in the in rajkot that actually uh, no one uh, else i dare say in this country you know uh, would be doing to for clients so to come back to the question that you started off with we stormed the the radio norm 10 12 years back and but what we did is we also stormed out of the audio, audio. segment in that process so we like i told you went to ips we went to video through television uh we went to uh, solutions in giving uh, uh, in in generating revenues and then finally when digital became bigger we started doing a lot of content on youtube and just to give an example i think it's not often known but we get uh, 50 million uh, listeners on radio but today we get more than 50 million uh, consumers on youtube alone oh wow and just imagine that you know and those there's very little overlap i can tell you hmm. so i mean technically we have grown our reach from 50 million to 100 million and purely on uh, video now coming back to where uh, you started off with yes all of us have been slow on expanding and growing the audio piece and storming the norm in that sense no see something very interesting you said you know that you've stormed the norm not within the audio medium but outside of audio medium but in a manner where you are starting with a client problem or the client business need and you are giving them a holistic solution you could be an event agency you could be a, a radio you could have your print guys associated you could have on ground things that are happening but you always start with a client's problem statement or the business need and you give a holistic integrated solution to a client but when it comes to the revenues we are still 1/10 of what the larger medium is So what do you see your medium doing that could actually give you the scale in revenues yes very good question anisha and it's a question that uh, we debate at the board quite often in my company <laughs> uh, because uh, see like i mentioned to you we kind of moved into the video medium many many years ago right when uh-huh. we made the mitch music awards and took it to television or all the other shows i named 
we're all on television, right? We, mm-hmm. So we moved, we created content. And then I, on YouTube, for instance, I mentioned to you, uh, so we today have 11 channels and 13 and a half, 14 million subscribers. We did 750 million views on YouTube. So there's a lot that we've done on video. But here is the, the difference. Mm-hmm. The difference is that we, in our imagination, were a content company at heart. And therefore, we were making content in all mediums, but we were hosting this content on public platforms, mm-hmm. right? So we were hosting it on YouTube. We did more than 500 million audio streams on Ghana. Uh, we were available in uh, on sa- several airlines in the form of our shows running over there, video shows, audio shows, etc., running on various playlists, etc., on uh, different airlines. So uh, we did a lot. And actually, all of this non-radio components contributed one-third to my revenues. But you're right. At the end of mm-hmm. the day, that's still not the biggest opportunity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're a content company, then, you know, at the end of the day, content will only get you so much revenue. And, mm. uh, and even though content is what drives other platforms, but when you look back upon it, you know, just think about it that you are making the content, but you're driving somebody else's business, which is the platform's mm. business. In mm. all of YouTube has been built by content, which others have put on it. Mm. And, and they're just a technology company, which is, you know, taking 30% or 40% of all mm. the revenues that get generated mm. by actually not even having to bother about the content. So mm. we realized this and this is discussed, like I told you several times at the board. And uh, in, in, to that extent, you're right that all of us have been uh, in the radio business, have been very, very, well, I don't know, lethargic, but very uh-huh. uh, uh, late in kind of tapping the, uh, the digital opportunity. So we are uh, getting into our own platform very soon. In another okay. three months okay. time, uh, okay. we are launching our own app and uh, uh, web portals starting uh, with a thousand hours of podcast content, but we're focusing on uh, doing stories because Mm -hmm. we want to stay within, see them. We want to stay within entertainment to the extent possible. Or let's say we want to go to the brand. Yeah, exactly. Now I'll tell you what has happened in the, because we didn't have our own platform. It's not that we have lost out on the Mm -hmm. expertise or, you know, we've Mm -hmm. uh, kind of lost the art of doing uh, content or whatever. No, Mm -hmm. we have actually lost touch with our user. So on YouTube, I may get 50 million people, but I don't know who these people are, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not owning the customer. And on radio anyway, you, you were never owning the customer because yeah. the research is so, you know, in yeah. that sense, very, uh, uh, you know, old fashioned. Hmm. So the big opportunity that digital provides, which is to actually know your customers, know your customers. track your customer across various, the life journey of a customer, all that piece has been missing. The pandemic also showed one other thing that when all inventory sales of all other mediums was failing, whether it was radio, print, outdoor, and even television momentarily, the digital uh, medium was growing rapidly and therefore digital inventory was still selling really well, right? So all digital companies yeah. grew in, in, in last year despite the pandemic. So we obviously lost out on our revenue opportunity during the pandemic. And, and I think our attempt now is to correct that. Now we will begin with the podcast uh, thing. And we will, of course, deep dive into it and we hope to get to 10,000 hours of content based soon and so on and so forth. But we are not uh, giving up on video <laughs> or on text because we don't imagine ourselves as yeah, an audience. We imagine ourselves as an entertainment company, as boredom busting guys who have uh, built, done 20 years of audio. But we've also done a lot of video and we've also done a lot of text. And we're bring, bringing all of it under our app that we are going to launch, like I told you, in three months time. That's awesome, Prashant, because what I hear you say is that you are not just going to get to know your customers, you know, you're going to tap into the talent of this whole long tail of content creators in this whole yes. economy. Today, you are going to get access to all of them through your podcast and digital channel. 
and you're not the only ones you know where i have always seen that an incumbent company is always a little late in getting into yes. innovations in their own category you know you see mutual funds say for example uh, typically should yeah. have been the domain of banks but there had to be a separate company to start mutual funds or yeah. for example airbnb hotels were best place to start an airbnb business but that always comes from outside yeah. so because Absolutely. typically yeah we are so engrossed in our own business and the nitigrities and nuances of running that that sometimes yeah. the lateral thinking is always left for the outsiders and the, exactly. and the newcomers but yeah. better than never yeah and you know you tend to just get so uh, pulled down in ops and uh, you just you sometimes do, so like the good thing today is that across my group and not just in mirchi but across the time the group there is so much futuristic thinking happening now and all of today morning before you uh, called i was doing research on nfts and you know we are making a big splash in nfts and we don't want to be behind uh, this time on anything so you'll see that the whole time zone group will make a splash on nfts very soon and we will mirchi has a lot of good content that we believe we can convert to nft so yeah insiders always tend to get bogged down and you know <laughs> there has to be a institutional mechanism uh, and what you explained what you were telling me earlier about you know a board subcommittee on just brands or on let's say uh, on strategy and storming, I mean, on storming the norms because all this is actually just you know questioning absolutely. the norms and storming them up front early up front absolutely absolutely <laughs> Great, great. Thank you so much, Prashant. It's been such an insightful conversation. And thanks a lot. It was, it's always good to talk. Uh, and you know what happens is that when you talk with somebody like you, who knows the subject so well, uh, your own thoughts just become clearer. <laughs> yeah. So after this conversation, for instance, given me a few more ideas, even as I was speaking, and I think it's just uh, terrific talking to you, Anisha. Thank you, thank you, Prashant. So Nadan, what did you take away from everything that Prashant said? My usual question. Anisha, I think I was most intrigued by how Prashant would tackle the dichotomy between innovation and business success in the audio industry. More specifically, given the success of video on OTT, the question and answer I found most intriguing to explore further was how audio could build new avenues of success beyond advertiser-driven revenue, including but beyond. There's certainly a lot of food for thought from what Prashant spoke about. Indeed, Narayan. What about you, Anisha? How would you storm this norm? What hacks do you have for our audience? You know, Narayan, I had initially been tempted to explore hacks around innovation in audio, but as we've so far seen, I think it's far more critical we look at hacks around business success for audio. Hmm. And I was doing a lot of reading, and in that context, a couple of good. articles by richard yao of ipg gave me food for the five hacks that i have here to share today i am all yes and pun unintended unintended but <laughs> we're talking about audio here i have your share of ear <laughs> all right i'm all yes again <laughs> here you go narayan so i think the first one is about overcoming the hurdle of niche to mass bottleneck hmm. trying to fit the ad supported model into the new audio formats would run the risk of suppressing or sidestepping the fundamentally different ways today's ugc dominant audio formats operate mm. for the past decade a lack of centralized standardized ad network has prevented popular audio formats like podcast etc from breaking out as a must have advertising channel for most advertisers but now of course large podcast channels like spotify are in a unique position to properly monetize the space 
by developing new ad tools and platforms, which can make it easier for the long tail end of podcast creators to monetize their content, uh, including through automated programmatic ads. Exactly. With deep pockets, podcast companies like Spotify have the wherewithal to actually create innovation in the monetization space for audio. Hmm. And Spotify recently launched Spotify Audience Network, which will combine all of its music and podcast ad inventory and allow brand marketers to run targeted digital audio ads at scale, similar to how buying banner ads or search ads on Facebook and Google work. Investing in new products like these is what will help this medium monetize at scale. Okay, so a key to scaling is finding ways to measure what matters. Absolutely. And here's my second hack. Customize revenue models to tap into the rise of social audio. The rise of social audio led by Clubhouse has simultaneously drawn attention to its uncertain path towards monetization. Yep. Since then, the space continues to develop rapidly with the rollout and possibly by now the fading of Twitter spaces mm. and a clone product from Facebook that is expected soon. Mm. And like I said in the beginning, Richard Yao uh, makes a very interesting observation about this medium. He says, ironically, the key distinction that differentiates social audio from other audio formats is also a big obstacle for social audio platforms to monetize. There is an inherent conflict between scale and content moderation that is true for all user-generated content platforms, but specially enhanced for social audio due to its live format. Mm. In order to develop a sustainable business model, Clubhouse needs to expand its communities to scale up. And yet, opening up to a wider audience inevitably puts more pressure on content moderation, which could lead to potential brand safety concerns. Exactly. And although the company has promised to address these issues, it still has a long way to go to solve this central conflict before it can become a brand-friendly environment. So if I may paraphrase this hack, what you're saying is scale, but with care. <laughs> True. And that's critical in this age of polarization and data safety. Hmm. Capitalize on the hype. Become a community platform for company launch announcements. And I'm again here referring to social audio. Hmm. Companies can sponsor rooms to host product launches, gather live feedback, hand out cash prizes via cash apps, or do live customer researches for the new ideas. One company recently went live on Clubhouse after their latest quarterly financial reports for an open Q&A session with the Clubhouse crowd. Hmm. Brands are constantly looking out for new platforms to get visibility and engagement. And social audio platforms are ripe to capitalize on the current hype and tap into this through several such gorilla tactics. Anisha, it strikes me that this is also a very authentic way for companies to engage with key stakeholders to build trust and corporate reputation without having to only pursue branded advertising avenues. Very true, Narayan, but it has to be done very carefully because when you do it in open forums yeah. um, and in, in a democratic world, you have to be open to in public being the Good ability sense. to take criticism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ability to take bad along with the good yeah. uh, and, and, and let it all be in open and public domain. So that's the uh, calibrated walk that brands need uh, to undertake. Absolutely. But it is clearly an unexplored opportunity. Hmm. Moving on to the next hack, do context-driven targeting, not profile-based targeting. Hmm. 
instead of going by the assumption of traditional audio media and imposing an ad based model on all formats it's important to consider other types of monetization that are emerging out of the creators economy such as direct subscription to creators tipping for content and micro transaction for an a la carte access to content spot on anisha the realities of the creator economy open up new possibilities and and need a move away from old rules of the game yeah as consumers increasingly move away from public into more private digital environments this reinvention of social context online will only help brands and advertisers so we are able to use data about the context rather than the individual to target the messaging and podcasts and social audio may just be the natural format for context driven targeting and and i'm not just making a plug for our own podcast here <laughs> uh, most podcasts have a clearly defined category of topic and thanks to the scale of the creator economy they cover a wide range of topics and provide a natural context for brands uh, so they can reach audiences that may be interested in them alone absolutely i couldn't have said it better narayan thanks anisha and uh, what's your final hack for today it's perhaps the most intuitive and obvious one integrated mm. and connected audio advertising mm. as connected cars and mobile streaming are becoming common a lot of radio listeners are switching from options built into the dashboards to streaming audio content beat music or podcast on their phone either through mobile solutions like carplay and android auto or simply via bluetooth also with voice based conversational interfaces like alexa i mentioned earlier playing a big role in the future of audio content discovery and listener behavior the future of audio advertising will have to become far more integrated and native hmm. imagine a radio ad break narrated by google assistant and with some pieces of contextual information or helpful tips or a customized ad break presented by alexa at your will scary but exciting and insightful as ever anisha and it also gives us a good place to segue into our gt insights module where gt expert vicky behel tells us how business can specifically storm this norm fii vicky heads the sales transformation practice at gt bharat and is best suited to give very practical advice to businesses on how to solve the monetization problem vicky the last major successful transformation in audio was when apple disrupted the music industry's revenue model In today's scenario of social audio players such as Clubhouse, what advice would you give businesses to be commercially successful in transforming their revenue model? Yeah, thank you for having me and that's that's a very interesting question. It's a very interesting industry actually to analyze because it works very very differently as compared to, you know, any other business. And uh, of course, in the last couple of decades, technology has disrupted a lot of businesses uh, the way we buy cabbage versus the way we buy our shoes uh, the consumption patterns and and you know uh, the channels of sale have have really really changed but the music industry has actually seen the maximum disruption uh, in 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 terms of you know how the channel consumption and production all three of them have changed so it's not just the channel that has changed in the music industry uh, let me explain that in in a in maybe 30 seconds so so now everyone can be an artist let's start from production like even if i have uh i think that i have immense talent and i was an indian idol kind of a superstar uh potential but i was never ever uh, never given that opportunity uh i can go online and i can create my own room i can create my own channel i can start uploading my videos and and i can share it 
to to WhatsApp groups which have 200 people each on social media. I can help. I can take help from my friends to promote me. And if people actually like me, you know, I can become a star overnight. That's possible, right? So Justin Bieber, for example, was discovered accidentally because uh, someone saw one of his videos uploaded, and then he believed that this this is a star of tomorrow. So that's on the production side. So the channel has actually disrupted production. The channel itself got disrupted from from record discs. Then came the Walkman, which took music with us wherever we go because it's portable. So so we got the earphones, we got the Walkman, and wow, uh, the consumption of the music changed in 1990s. And then came iTunes and an MP3 uh, era where where you know even that bulky Walkman uh, became became even more compact and. And you know the consumption really shot up. Uh, so did piracy, and so did the revenue model getting disrupted because ninety-five percent of the people in two thousand and nine or two thousand and eight, if I remember correctly, actually did not pay for the music that they consumed. So, so it 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 went downwards. The overall industry revenue slipped, but then there were, of course, country level regulations and and global uh, regulations that came into picture and. And people really started taking the right steps to save the industry, and the revenues have been on the upswing since 2010. I'm talking about global revenues in the music industry, and and the production is increasing. The channels are still increasing as we speak. Like Clubhouse is becoming like a social music app and channel, and Spotify, of course, is the discovery app, and so is iTunes and and a number of others. The telecom companies have their own music apps because. Uh, they are selling it as a bundle, while the e-commerce players have their own music apps like Amazon Music, who are selling it as a bundle along with their subscription. So everyone wants music as a top-up to sell something else. So for the future of consumption, this has to be kept in mind. That where am I participating in this value chain? Because because some cents per uh, you know stream will come from somewhere or the other to you. So, for example, an artist gets anywhere between, you know, five to 20 cents or something like that per stream. Or actually, I'm talking about uh, a bit on the higher side, maybe one tenth of that per stream on, on these kind of channels. So, so it's difficult to make money, but it's about the participation and the promotion on how you do it for the artist. And, and the more channels you are at, the more money are you going to make. So, so once this complex value chain of production uh, the way it is delivered, which is the channel, and also the way it is consumed and by whom is well understood, then the revenue models really come into picture. So you need to create a canvas and and you know pinpoint at the right place of your profit pool participation. So so I, I know it's it's pretty complex, uh, but but the way it is snowballing right now and the way it is going up, uh, in the longer run, this industry is here to stay. And there's, there's enough money to be made by everyone. Thank you. A norm that is hugely relevant today, a deeply insightful and expert guest perspective, hacks to storm the norm, and a business perspective. That's a full plate to wrap up episode 25 of Storm the Norm, brought to you in association with GT Bharat. As always, there are multiple places you can catch us on. Spotify, Hubhopper, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, GeoSavan by just searching for Storm the Norm and on Saregama Karwa 2.0 devices on channel 453. This is Narayan and Anisha signing off for now. We'll be back with a new episode shortly. 
Thank you and talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.